Good morning. Who says it's a good morning? It's a good morning to have a good morning. That's what it is. It's a good morning to have a good morning. The day is what you make it. How many people believe with Jesus all things are possible? Amen. Is your, can your day be a lousy day? Could be. It may want to be lousy, but how we seize that moment, right? How we seize that moment, if God can do all things, and he's the one, he's a lover of us, then he can make it work for our benefit. That's and uh, I, can I say something just real quickly here before our youth will leave? And no, the youth are staying They're today. staying today. Sports oh, Sunday, that's, yeah. that's some good stuff. Um, let, me, let me ask you if, you if you deal with this on any basis. I was in the, the nursing home, and I was, I was speaking about God's potential. <laughs> God can do anything. And I was talking, and one of the older gentlemen kind of got my attention. He says, I just don't understand. He said, uh, I'm stuck here in a wheelchair, and uh, I can't do anything. I can't go anyplace. I'm, I'm stuck in this home, and I'm stuck in a room, and... And uh, I could just see him trying to figure this all out. And knowing that you can do, you can do anything in, in the power of Jesus, you know, and I just felt he was, he was has anybody ever been stuck before? Maybe I don't know where it would be. It could be in your job. It could be at home. It could be just things you're facing. And you just get stuck. And you just, you don't know where Jesus is going to take you in this. And you trust he's all powerful. You know he is. And he can do all things. He can do anything he wants to do. And he always does it in love for our best interest because, because he always has that in mind. But you ever get stuck where you just can't get through this? It's like, and then you realize that, um, and there's where the questions come in. You just realize that where you are. And so I was talking to him and trying to make it real. Like, and I, listen, if you're going to make it real with somebody, what should you do? Should you reason or should you just tell them God's word? And I talked about this great God who's in him. All he needs to do, all he really needs to do is accept him as his Lord. I don't think he'd ever had that moment in his life. He was raised in a church. He told me all about his church. But he never really understood what it meant to be in the arms of the Father. And so when I started to explain, you know, there's got to be something that happens first. You just, you just can't see things happen in your life. You've got to know there's a God in heaven. You might even know there's a God in heaven, but you've got to surrender your life to him. And I know there's many in this place today that there was a time in your life where for me it was hitting a crossroads. It was, you know, it's turn left or right. And I pray that some in here that haven't done that, you won't have to hit that crossroad, that you can actually make a decision to follow him today. I pray that you felt his love today. I felt, I, I pray that the father wrapped his arms around because he says he, he knocks on every person's heart. And here's the key. When I told this gentleman this, I said, God knocks on every person's heart. Now, here's what needs to happen. When he knocks, what do you have to do? You have to hear his voice. Then what do you do? You open the door of your heart. And he says he comes in. I love the scripture because it really talks about a father who wants to have a relationship with every person. And he is a God that doesn't give up. He loves every person so desperately 
that he spends the time in every person on this earth and whoever was and is today and will be knocks on every person's heart. And he was knocking on this gentleman's heart too. You know what? You start to listen when you come to the end of yourself and you're willing to give God his ultimate place in here. That has to be in every person. Every person's got to make that decision. And you can't, you can't push it away. You can try your best to push it away. Say, now, I got this thing. What it comes down to, this gentleman in his 80s was in a wheelchair at the end of his rope. Now, God's been knocking. He's been, he, and, he's, and this gentleman, through all that he did, he tried to do it all on his own. I can even tell by his response. Well, you know, I tried to do this. I tried to do that. You know what his problem is? He says, I'm stuck, and I can't try anymore. I can't go to the soup kitchen. I can't make things right. I can't earn my way to my father. You see, there's where the problem is. There's nothing we could do ever in ourselves or anything that's any good to earn our way there. And so I had the opportunity just to explain it. So listen, today is the day of your salvation. And you know, quit trying. You don't have to please. Do you have to please the Father? Do you, you have to earn your way? See, many of us may have situations in our families that that's what we were taught. Maybe our father was that kind of father that you had to earn his approval. Maybe you did everything in your life trying to, to get appraisal or something from your father. And you don't have to. Not with him. Just today. And even if you know him, just t today, he is still knocking because he still desires to dine with you every day. So would you do me a favor, along with myself? Do you hear him knocking? Can you feel him knocking? Next thing to do is listen to his voice. What's he saying to you today? How is he going to, wh what kind of lovely things is he saying today? And then all you have to do is say, yes, I hear your voice. And then what? Open your heart. It's that simple. He says, then I'll come in and dine with you and you with me. I mean, you don't have to earn anything, do you? You just have to do that. That's as simple as it gets. Are we ready to do that today, every one of us? Mm -hmm. Ready to open our hearts and say, God, I know you got something special for me. I'm not going to push you away. I'm done with trying to do it on my own. Not any of you may be caught where this gentleman was at that end of the rope. But I pray he finds it. Matter of fact, I'm going to pray for him right now. Instead of trying to earn his way to a father, that it's just as simple as. Father, I thank you for my opportunity to be with this gentleman in the nursing home. And boy, I saw in his desperate eyes that he wanted so desperately to earn his way there. And it's not that at all. All he had to do was open his heart. Can he hear your voice right now when he's in his bed or in his wheelchair today? Lord, I know you're knocking. I pray he hears your voice. Lord, to, to that, that sound of love, that, sound, that invitation for dinner, I pray he open his heart right now. And Lord, you will come in and dine with him and him with you. May he have that kind of experience. May he, be, may he know right now that he's with you. 
No more earning. No more suffering. But know right now that you are together in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, wounds. Who's got wounds? Two different kind of wounds. We have wounds, those who other inflict on you. How many people have some of those wounds? And then there's the wounds of the gospel. Two-edged sword that come in, and what does it do? It separates bone and marrow, separates spirit and flesh. It does its separation. So who wants the spirit of God to do its wound? I want something to go deep inside of me. I want the Word of God to change me. I want it to come in and do what the Word is to do in me. How about you? Those kind of wounds are good. Not that they leave wounds. It's always healthy. Right, Ethan? Yes. <laughs> Caught him off guard. He's like, what? What are you pulling me? And so I know he likes the Word. I know he's a studier of God's Word. He likes truth, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. And so... We know that the Word of God can do that. I want, there's our scripture that we've been leaning on in our victory series, and that is, for whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory, huh, that has overcome the world. Our what? Our what? Faith. So we're victorious in Christ. If you have faith in Christ today, look out, devil. Right? By our faith. Right? Which actually pleases God. So let's go into this. I want to do something today. Freedom to receive. Who likes to receive things? Come on. Some of you might like to receive some presents. If I had some goodies in my pocket, let's say some chocolate, who would be saying, Jesus is here today? Right? Because chocolate is one of your favorites. Come on. I know. So who likes to receive? Who likes to receive? Now, you're playing with me here today. Thank you, Sue. Somebody, Nancy, thank you. I see you. Okay, my wife, that's her, that's her love language, receiving gifts. So, right? It's kind of fun. It's good. Getting things. It's called receiving. And how many people believe that God can give good things? So, who wants to receive from God? You see, some of those we receive from others are good. Sometimes we get something for Christmas. We're thinking, Oh, that's special. <laughs> and you're thinking, what do I do with this? Should I trade it back in? I don't know. And then you look at the person and say, thank you. Just what I wanted. And then there are things of God. They're absolutely perfect. Lovely. They are what we need all the time. And so what I want to go, I want to talk about freedom to receive. But I want to do it in this sense. Because there's all kinds of things to talk about there. But I want it in true Value. True value. What's the value of this that you receive? Who likes, who thinks a house is important? Who thinks a car is important? Do you value those things? I know, Chase, you, your hand went up so fast. It was the fastest hand in the room. He likes cars. How many people like cars? It's like, I love, and you've got a name for your car, don't you? Mm-hmm, I am, I know that kind. Yeah, see, everybody likes those. And so, is there value in those things? <laughs> Someone says no. They're right off thinking, okay, God's word's probably going to say no. <laughs> we like those things. Those, some of those things we are in need of. How many people believe you have to eat? How many people believe you need to drink? How many people know that you need clothes? You know that about 
zero degrees outside in Youngstown, Ohio. We need clothes. There's things that we need. And God says he loves to give his children what they need. And so we place huge value on those things that God provides for us, don't we? How many people believe that God provides all good and perfect things? He is the one who provides all that. And he gives it to us, things that we need and grows us, right? Even the word of God who does his thing in us. And so I know there's value. So let's go into this. And this is, I'm going to take a couple different references in God's word. And I want us today to really look at those things we value. How many people believe that the people in our lives should matter most? Okay. What God brings into our life matters most. How many people believe that? Okay, let's go into this today. First thing I'm going to start with Zephaniah. I love this scripture. I'm just going to pour this out like, a, like an offering. I want you all to drink from this section of scripture because it is so good. Who believes that God's word is true? So when I read this, let it sink in. The Lord your God is in your midst. A victorious warrior. Victorious warrior God is. And he says, he will exalt over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Can God do this? That means, can you have a terrible day? Come on. If, can you have a bad day? If God is in your midst, does he leave when you've got a bad attitude? Did you bring your bad attitude in church today? You need to go back outside, drop it off at the road, and come back in. Because it does, it's not allowed in here. No, it's not allowed. You go because he is in the midst. And I don't know about you. If God is in the midst, that means I could see him everywhere. I don't need your bad attitude. I just need more Jesus, right? I don't need my bad attitude. I need more of Jesus. And so if I get less of me and more of him, I'll be all right. I'll be just fine. So on church Sunday, as we praise him, should we leave that attitude out there? How many people believe on the way to church it was trying to creep in? It was knocking on your door saying, hey, and I bet you it has a lot to do with what our study is today. So let's just leave it, let's just leave it on out there. If, if it's still hanging on you, I want you to take it, off your, take it off your shoulder and throw it out that door. You know, I, do it. If it's on you, get rid of that attitude. Right? I know Jesus is going to do that for today. In his word. Let's go on. Because that's all we need to know. Philippians 2, 3 and 4 says this. Do nothing. Okay, it's one of those do nothings. <laughs> Is there any negotiation here? Can anybody negotiate with this? Is there anybody here that want to debate in the word do nothing? I don't think so. Out of selfish ambition or empty pride, but in humility, consider others more important than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also in the interest of others. Should you look at your own interest? The Bible says that's fine. What else does it say? But you are to look at someone else's interest as well. Okay, so do we have interest? Is our interest only in our family? Is it only those who come in your household that you should have interest in? Or is the Bible really saying there's more than just those people? People believe it might be more. It might be outside of those areas where we're negotiating all the time in love. It might be outside of that that I have to show interest in. 
How many people believe that do nothing out of self-ambition? What does that word mean? Self-ambition. What do you think self-ambition means? It, does it, is it good? Let me ask you. Let's take off self and look at the word ambition. To be ambitious. Is that good? To be full of zeal? I think that's good. But then you add another word to it. Self. Changes things, doesn't it? It, it changes things. And how about pride? Is pride a good thing? Especially when, so something's happening with, with what the devil does in our life. It's using others for whose gain? <laughs> my gain. And then also using others for my what? Glory. So I want some gain. I want to gain in life. I'm self-ambitious. Or I, I, want to, I want to be glorified. I want to be lifted up. I want people to know who I am. That's so why I'm going to step on the stage. I want, to know, I want people to know who I am. Self-glory. Is it good? Not a good thing. Do nothing with this motive. Do nothing to edify oneself. Do nothing to do your own ambitious things. It says you do nothing here. I don't know about that. That covers a lot of stuff. That's challenging to me. How about you? Is that word kind of like, how do we do this thing? What does this mean? I mean, ambitious, yes, but self, no. Okay, so let's go into this some more. Do nothing out of self-ambition. What does the word say? about this self-ambition and empty. Let's go to 1 Timothy 6, 6, and 7. It says, Godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by, what is that word? Yell it out. Accompanied by, content, what is contentment? It has a lot to do with self-ambition. has a lot to do with empty pride, right? Trying to step up. Oh, i got to get up here. I want people to know who I am. And that, no, I, want, I want all these things that I need in my life. I think they're needs, but I want this. And so what can happen to this here in my mind? I could be all about this and not what God has for me because my interests should be about those things that are important under his direction and those around me and their interests, right? So what does this contentment? For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. Hmm. Bible says we should store up things in heaven and not things here. Let me ask you a question. Let's just be serious. Is it okay to have a house and a car? Is it okay to have a bed to lay in? Is it okay to, to offer your children and your family things that are, that are comfortable? What's he saying? Is it okay to do well in school, excel, and then look at college as a direction for you? Maybe it's college. Maybe it's some other tech school. Maybe it's a good job. Is it okay to look at those things and say, I'd really like to improve myself to be the best I can be? Is that wrong? What is it saying here? Is, what is it saying? Do nothing out of self-ambition or empty pride. What does it mean that you go on with your life full of excitement of your career path? And maybe it's family. Maybe it's these different, you know, organizations you're involved in. Is it, what, when, when does it cross the line where you're like, well, 
and you're trying to justify the things that you're hoping for. And when does it become dangerous? Can you tell me that today? Or you want to continue in your life in something that God says, not my plan, not my purpose. So if he's warning us about this, do you think there's something in this we need to get? Yes or no? If he's warning us not to be nothing, do nothing, do nothing out of this thing here. Okay, again, is it wrong to have a house? Is it wrong to have a car and taking care of things? When does it become wrong? When do you say, no, this is not where I need to be? Godliness is what? Where does godliness come from? To be godly is to be what? A student of his word. It's to learn what God has us to be and become those things. That is a godly life is doing what God says in his word and then walk according to that. So when you're faced with something, I'm going to do what God will have me do. Not what I want, but what I know to do. Godliness actually means what? With what? Great, it's great gain. What is the gain I'm looking for? What should my motive to this today? What should be your motive in life? What is the gain you're really looking for? What is those things you want to grasp and say, no, this is what's good. This is what sets me free. This doesn't trap me in my own self-ambition. This sets me free from it. This is where I can say, okay, what is this? And it has everything to do with my contentment. My soul is content. Paul would write this letter in the middle of jail. I don't know how he did it, but he says, I found contentment with little. I found contentment with much. And when he writes that in jail, I don't know about you, like this gentleman came to me at this nursing home and said, I don't know, I feel like I can't do nothing. How about in jail, behind bars, with no place to go? Wouldn't you say Paul is limited? Wouldn't you say when they put him from the courthouse into the jail cell and said, you've got to stay there, don't you think they were trying to limit him? I don't want you to preach in God's name or Jesus' name anymore. Get in that jail. Do you think that stopped him? Where, so this contentment rises up. Do you think he was still ambitious? Do you think he was still bold? As a matter of fact, he would say, pray for me for boldness. I don't see Paul sitting there giving up. I don't see him saying, well, I guess my life is at end here. So I guess it wasn't like that at all. I would see him rising up and say, okay, you may stick me in jail. You may take everything away from me, but look at this. Look what the Holy Spirit's in, it is inspiring me to write. I'm writing letters to those churches I planted. I'm writing letters to correct those things that need to. I am still being a vessel of God, and there's nothing in the world this jail cell can ever do to me. You see, there's a difference with contentment that releases the freedom of to receive. I mean, you can be in jail, and you can receive. You see, there's a thing about this. I, I don't see Paul in jail thinking, well, how can I edify myself? How can I lift myself up? Well, well, I need to keep my focus on what I want to do in my career path. I think he gave that up. I think, I think Paul just said, you know, I don't understand all this thing here. But you know what? I'm in this jail cell now. And watch this. And as he's writing these letters to these churches. And everything God is doing to correct 
and guide his body. Paul was writing. Was Paul limited? Not at all. He was released. If you think about this for a moment, if God wanted to write the New Testament and he wanted to use a young man full of strength and power, he used Paul. And he allowed the affliction of jail to take him right where he'd take out a pen and write. And write a book about contentment that all of us struggle with. Come on now. All of us, we all struggle with contentment. We all struggle with verses that say, oh, I'm not selfish. I don't have any of that. I don't have any pride. Yeah, right. We all suffer with pride. We all suffer with this ambitious thing. And we all cross the line. We all do. It's a matter of like, God, would you please help me to be contained amongst your words so I could be set free from this world and all it's trying to do to me that my mind can be free in that I can receive those things of grace, those things that you have for me, that I can be a vessel to someone in need. You see, even Paul would write that. And I don't know about you. There's something behind this. He found contentment in jail, and yes, he was not at all bound by chains. He was still set free to do whatever he was called to do. So when he writes this letter to Timothy, godliness actually means, is a means of great gain. If you just do what my word is teaching you to do, if you just walk amongst in this, and then accompanied by what? This contentment. Who can be content today? You see, this is key. This is key to your release. I know about you. If I'm going to look at walking in victory, I surely don't want this thing contained in what I need to do to gain favor of men. I need God to lead me that I don't waste my time. I'm getting older, as you see. Still hanging in there. Doing the best I can. But I look back, and I remember 40 years ago like it was yesterday. And the Bible says this. Life is but a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. What are you going to do with your day today? You're going to have a lousy day? You're going to waste your time with that? You see, here's where, here's where contentment comes in. I'm not going to say some of you go to a job and that job is, woohoo, this is so much fun. I can't wait to, you know, some of you may not have that. I'm sure 90% of you just love your job so much, you just shout for joy every time you get up in the morning. You look in the mirror going, woo, man, this is a good day. You might have to say that a few times, right? You look at your face, this is a, <laughs> first, this is a good day. Oh, no, this is a good day. Jim, this is a good day. You may have to yell at yourself for a while. And you may not have a job you're all excited about. And I know some of the students in this room right now, you don't have a favorite course line. Well, I love, I ask people all the time, what's your favorite class in school? They look at me like I'm weird. It's like, class at school? Are you kidding me? What are you trying to do? Trying to stir things up? Are you? Are you? How do you find this God-given treasure? How do you find this place that he says you can be, your mind, you can make every single day exciting and make everything that you go into this thing of opportunity because it's not about me. It's all about my opportunity. And boy, I know he can do some great things. How many people believe that? Not for my gain, not for my glory, 
but for his gain and his glory, and things can happen. You guys remember this? This is story messes me up every single time I read it. Okay, but we're going to do it anyway. This is the rich young ruler. We're going to set the stage here and say, okay, who wants to be rich here today? Now, I know a lot of us says, well, yeah, I'd use that money. I'd do this and that. As a matter of fact, I knew a young man that said this. If I would win the lottery, well, he hasn't won the lottery yet. And so there's this whole thing about what would you do with riches? What would you do with riches? Well, I would like to lay out something on my piece of paper that says, here's all the cons. I would, if the cons of being rich and I get the big, what is the million dollar thing now? It's like a billion. What's it getting up to now? It's just huge, right? And what would I do with all that money? I would pay this off. I would do this right here. And you start to name those things, right? What would that look like on your list? All the things if you became rich. And all of a sudden, and then he brings, Jesus brings this up in his storyline. It's like Jesus said to the rich young roller, if you wish to be perfect or complete, some of your translations would say, go and sell all your possessions and give it to the poor. And it says this, and you will have treasure in heaven and come Follow me. So here's a young man, and he mentions, Lord, what, what do I need to do to, to inherit eternal life? And, and so that question comes to Jesus, and he mentions, oh, you should honor your mother and father. You should not kill. And he, he mentions the good ten, you know, and not all the ten, but the good part of the ten. And, and, the, and the young man would say, I've done all these things. And so he's sitting in a very good position, isn't he? I'm rich, and yet I've done all these things. Did you mention Jesus? I've done them. And then Jesus brings up this challenge to all of us. And listen to me. It's so easy just to throw this out, saying, I'm not rich. I don't have to worry about that. I'm very, I'm, 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 I got all this together, and I don't have a problem with that. Okay? So let's read this to learn it. If you sell everything, you can be made perfect and complete. Now, I don't know, but you guys, you know what that word is. It's down there, and it's in black there. Teleos. Whatever that know. Anybody know Greek? That's what the word is. That's to be perfect and complete. Well, what does that mean? Who's perfect in here? We all say, well, I'm not perfect. What does it mean? Okay, so let's look at the word in Greek. What does it mean here? Perfect and complete. Having reached its end. Complete, perfect, going through the necessity, the necessary stages to reach the end goal. To function at full strength. Okay. To function, I like that, to function at full strength. It's like a telescope. Anybody know a telescope that you unfold like this? And anybody ever use one of those? And you have to, and as soon as you get a little further out, you can see further, further distance. You ever, anybody ever used one of those before? Not that you're a pirate, but you, you put this up to your eye, and you go like this, and you get closer. You're like, whoa, look at that. I could see, whoo, that is awesome. And you're like, any, am I the only person that ever had one of those when I was, Okay, okay. so you, you bring it, and it's like in its full capacity, and you focus it, and you're like, isn't this powerful that I'm able to see this far? So that's kind of, tell her, that's where it's called, kind of originating from this thought. Having reached its end, perfect, complete, matured in all these things, that you are ready for your full potential right there. So if you want to, young man, to be ready and complete in all that you can do right now. This is it. I know you've done these things that are good in our Ten Commandments. You've followed these things. That's good, right? And then, but 
to be this perfect and complete, what must you do? And so we know that those things were tied to this man's heart, right? And he was captured by him. And he could not do it. He could not give it up. Could never reach his full potential. Never where God wanted him to be. Not bad. Pretty good. But not full potential. How many, how many people want full potential? How many people said, no, no, no. My life matters. What I do for God matters. This lousy day doesn't matter. It doesn't define me. What does define me is if I'm acting in full potential of what I'm supposed to be doing. Because I know if I'm doing that, I'm going to have a great day. No matter even if I'm persecuted, I will have a good day. You see, that's when you know that you're not like this. Oh, well, maybe God's a little bit like he says he is. Maybe I'm, I can see a little bit. Yeah, I, okay. I, but never to where it could be. Where do you want to live? Is it more important to you to have that thing in your life that you feel matters because it's bringing some self-ambition into this thing or it's bringing some empty pride that you can't see? And so, whoa, I'm standing here, look at me, and you're saying, I'm not even very, I'm not even using any of what God says I can be. Or do you want to say, no, I want it all, you see? I want everything Jesus has for my life and I want to I wanna move according to that so I'm not limited. See, my day matters. The time he gives me matters. I don't have lousy days anymore. I don't have these days that people are pushing me around. See, my day belongs to full potential. I'm in full potential here. That means I know what I'm looking at. And I know I'm in God's full, perfect, complete way. Who wants held back today? See, this is the way you think. A rich young ruler was limited, sitting in a wheelchair, never able to ever exercise his potential because he was stuck in what he himself could edify himself by. Maybe if I did more of this, may, maybe if I go down to the soup kitchen and helped, then maybe I can elevate myself here. Maybe God will then take notice of me and my sickness. Maybe. You see, it's not like that. It's not like that at all. He is a father who loves us. And he wants every one of us to be able to be complete. He's the kind of father he wants us all to be motivated. Yes. Ambitious. Yes. But it's never been about self. It's never been about glory for me. It's all important to him to be lifted up. And you are acting in your full potential, no matter if you're in a jail cell or in a day that people are making fun of you. Mm, listen to me. Even in those days that you don't think you matter, that you don't think there's anything going in your direction, God says, wait a second, get out your telescope. Let me show you something. For the God of this age blinds the minds of those who do not believe so they cannot see the glory of Christ. Do you believe the glory of Christ is right before us? Do you want to be able to see that for his glory, not mine? I just love what his word says. Hmm. 
disciples from when Jesus said, said, who can be saved? As soon as Jesus makes this statement, who can be saved? Who in here can be saved? Jesus looked at his disciples and said, with man this is impossible, but for God would say, for all things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. I just love that scripture. It's to be written on every person's heart. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Oh, I'm starting to see things clearly now. With God, all things are possible. I'm not limited here. I don't have a lousy day. With God, all things are possible. Can you say that today and mean it? Do you say that with confidence? Can you stand up and say, does not matter? Rich young ruler, I see the example here, Jesus. Mm, I want to walk in full potential. And listen to this. Truly, I, I tell you, Jesus said, no one who has left home, brother, sisters, mother, or father, or children, or fields for my sake and for the gospel will fail to what? Receive. You guys hear that? Where's our goal? We want to be free to receive. Receive a hundredfold in the present age right now. That's not heaven yet. Right now. And it says houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, and children, and fields, along with, perse- along with persecutions, in the age to come, eternal life. Now, some people say, well, how can I be? How can I be? If I lose, if I say no to my, fa- my wife and family, I say, how, how can I be God? See, if I say no to that and leave that, and that will be like, that's not a good father, you see? See, people can't understand this scripture. People read it all the time, don't understand it. What does this really mean? What does it really mean to leave those things? To what? To lessen, to actually leave them and abuse that? No, it doesn't say that at all. What it does say, when you compare those things to what is eternal, these things there, you add a hundred, maybe you need to add a thousand, because those things are so much more valuable in value than those things that you look upon. Yeah, my wife, I value her, but compared to the grace of God and everything he has, she's wonderful, but to that... There's where the multiplication happens. Then it can be multiplied. Then what you put your hands to multiplied. Those you were in contact with. I can make beautiful relationships that are not only like this, but in God are so much better. You know, marriages, if it's kept just with human relationships and those kind of things, oh, come on. Marriages, that's why they break up all the time. But if I allow our marriages, husband and wife, to go where God wants it to be. How much more is that multiplied? How much more can be done in my family because of that? It's a mindset. Did you have a lousy day today? Can you have a lousy day? Can you have a bad day with your wife or your children? You choose that. You choose the attitude you want to pick up. But I can tell you, if the full potential, what can happen in your home is unbelievable. Ah, oh, a hundredfold in this present age, right now. Present age dream with me for a moment what would it be like in your home what would it be like everywhere you go if you really hung on to what this is really telling you I'm not I don't need to be rich and then caught up and saying look at me with all of my things I've got it all Woo! I'm step a little higher here let's see if I can go a little higher no I'm just kidding a little higher here you see caught in this and I receive little I can't see him, or I step down and say, it's not about me. Jason, it's about you. I'm going to put interest in someone else today. 
you see? And I start to love him the way God intended. Guess what? My telescope is in full potential. And what can happen? Hundredfold. Hundredfold. Who wants to walk in a hundredfold today? You see? Can you have a bad day? Don't let the enemy lie to you. Enough is enough. No more bad days. A hundredfold days in this present day. A hundredfold is just that far away. Be perfect. Be complete. Don't let your mind go off on those kinds of things. Don't be full of self-ambition and false envy or pride. Let's go after today. Let's pray. Father, you are an amazing God, and you have so much to give us. And, Lord, to receive that and to keep it and use it. What does this hundredfold really mean? What, what, right now in our life, there's this grace of a hundredfold that you want to put into our, into our laps, into our lives. Father, we are so contained with our thoughts. We are, we are strapped to a wheelchair in the way we're thinking if we think it's all about this. And Lord, I believe that's why we have lousy days. We have those days that we just want to give up. We have Something happened into our minds, Lord, that the devil was able to pull us down. But God, through Jesus Christ, we can indeed be set free from this, that we can receive that full potential we can give up on that selfish ambition. Lord, those steps we're trying to take in life, not that ambition's wrong, but self-ambition an empty pride. Lord, what can happen here today in our homes, in our lives, if we were to open up our minds and walk according to this good word? What could happen? Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name for all this truth. May it set us free. May we be free to receive, Lord, and walk to give. Lord, thank you so much for what you're doing in my life and the lives of these. In Jesus' name.